Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley, and this is the podcast segment of the show that is not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for the 455th show is Dr. Thomas Connors, Associate Professor of History at the University of Northern Iowa, who will be talking to us about looking for the North American invasion in Mexico City. Our history buffs are Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. Ed, you get to start us off. Thanks, John. Tom, was this a particularly difficult war for the U.S.? It only, it only lasted 1846 to 47. So can you give us just a little basic background here as, like, where did geographically where did most of this take place well it, basically none of it took place in the what was the united states it was what was becoming the united states um so we uh us army went across out of texas which at that point we had just annexed we annexed texas in uh 1845 so the year before um and we invade territory that we intend to claim, which would be New Mexico, um, you know, Santa Fe, Tucson, um, out towards uh, California, and all of California, basically. Uh, and so that part, you know, theoretically takes place what's now the United States. Uh, and then most of it is, an, you know, we in, there, Zachary Taylor invades northern uh, Mexico and ends up at the Battle of Buena Vista. Um, and then Winfield Scott, sails to Veracruz, they land at Veracruz, and they march overland, um, basically found the route of Cortez, uh, to Mexico City. So most of it's taking there. We do lose, you know, we lose plenty of men, and, you know, as is traditional in the 19th century, I think we probably lost more to disease and, um, you know, bad stuff than to, to but we do lose uh, a, a lot of soldiers. Um, but most of it does not play, you know, very little of it takes place in the United States. Um, in what's now the United States, yes, but not at that time. I don't know if that answers and, your question. And and also, do I do we derive from that that other than the landing at Veracruz to Mexico City, uh, territorially, much of Mexico was really not something we were concerned of? We did not want most of Mexico. No, we did not. And we did, certainly did not want the population in Mexico. What we wanted was land that we thought um, slavery could expand onto. Uh, and we thought that mines in New Mexico and Arizona would be the ticket for that. And I don't know what they were thinking about. I suppose they thought they could do farming in, in California. It's just that the gold rush and that population overwhelmed them uh, before they could you know, pull a bloody Kansas, so to speak. Okay, Rick. Yeah, Tom, you mentioned in the broadcast version about uh, some of the sites and, and memorials and, and what have you that you saw when you your group toured Mexico City. What type of monuments or uh, even holidays exist uh, currently in Mexico to uh, remember this war? A lot of the monuments have to do with the um, young cadets that died uh, and entered legend at uh, Chapultepec. Um, so that, the most common memorial for this war would be uh, for them. Um, there are some other heroes. The uh, uh, the guy, uh, the, lead, the commander at Churubusco, who, who 
when it was asked to surrender, uh, if he would turn over, told to turn over his arms and told them if we had any ammunition, we wouldn't be surrendering, basically. So they <laughs> like that line. He's become kind of a hero, and there's statues of him. Um, otherwise, there's not, you know, they don't, this is not, a, you know, something that's fondly remembered. The, you know, the, what's remembered are the victims of the uh, the uh, the kids, the, the cadets that died. So, you know, those are considered sort of basically innocent victims. Um, and then the San Patricios, who are the uh, the Americans or the immigrants to America, who who left the American side and fought on the Mexican side, they're considered martyrs and heroes. So there are monuments. To, you know, there's a plaque. There's a new bust. Um, there was a film done on them in the last 20 or 30 years. Um, so those monuments are there. I mean, there's no monument to Santa Ana. I think there was a statue in his lifetime. They tore it down in his lifetime. Um, I'm trying to think, but yeah, otherwise, you know, a lot of what we were searching for, there was no, you know, there's nothing in Guadalupe that would commemorate the treaty. And you kind of guess why. Well, how long, um, how long did it take before... Because there had to be some hard feelings, uh, obviously, between uh, Americans and the uh, Mexicans. How long was it before there was, like, quote, normal relations between the two countries? Well, it depends what you call normal. Um, you know, the the saying in Mexico, which uh, the dictator at the turn of the century, Diaz, um, said the problem with Mexico is that it's... Uh, uh, was it so so far from God and so near to the United States, which is a double whammy? Um, and we were—I think the last time we invaded Mexico was in the nineteen teens. Yep. Um, now, to be fair, they came over the border once <laughs> at that point with uh, uh, Pancho Villa, um, but we were—you know—we were constantly going in there. We when we were uh, traveling there, and we went into an exhibit uh, under the. Monument to the Revolution, um, which is supposedly where Pancho Villa is buried, and they had an exhibit of American caricature from the turn of the century, cartoons, political cartoons, and they all showed um, Mexico as basically like mosquitoes, this, this nuisance that you have to slap down occasionally. So there's not really good relationships. I mean, most of Latin America is not real keen on seeing us coming, because normally... We're changing governments, right? The Roosevelt corollary to the uh, Monroe Doctrine so that if, if things get out of control in Latin America or we don't like the government, we're going to go in there and change it. Um, you know, and that's still going on in, in the 50s. Well, in the, in the 50s in Guatemala, in the uh, 70s in Chile. Um, El Salvador in the 80s with Reagan. Uh, Venezuela now. Yeah. Right. And then what about uh, Panama? Yep. You know, Noriega in the early 90s, I think. Um, yep. So, yeah, there is theoretically a change under Roosevelt when we do the good neighbor policy. Um, and that helps. Uh, and I think, I don't know, but I think there's a way, yes, you know, um, I don't think the Cubans are particularly happy with us. I no, would, uh, I would, yeah, the list goes on for sure. Yeah. I, we, Brazil, I don't think we've done anything in Brazil, have we? <laughs> well, uh, they speak Portuguese, so we probably have nothing to do with probably that. Probably confused us. Yes, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's go on back what you're talking about, the relationship with the United States and Mexico. Of course, there's the um, the sham of the Zimmerman telegram when apparently you know the English had intercepted it saying to, that the Kaiser was talking to Mexico that if they invaded the United States that they would get New Mexico, Arizona, and Texas back. And there's a lot of lot of questioning whether that was really legit or was a ruse uh, 
done by the English. But having said that, it does kind of, is that a pretty decent metaphor of how the relationship was with the United States and Mexico? I mean, uh, even decades after um, the end of the um, American invasion. That they still wanted the land back, you mean? Well, I mean, but the relationship. So here you go. Uh, yeah. Whoever sets this up knows that there's. it's still a sensitive point between the two. And they use it to get Wilson to blow his top and then join the Great War. But someone had to know that, you know, of all countries that you're going to pull this trick on to get America in, it's United States and Mexico. So I guess my question is that even though it's, you know, we're talking 60 or 70 years 50 to 60 years down the road since that happened, there's still some real sore spots between the two. Would you agree with that, even that many decades later? There are. Yeah, there is. There is. Well, Harry Truman, when Harry Truman goes to Mexico City in, I think it's 1947, I think it's the centennial, um, he actually lays a wreath at the uh, Monument to the Cadets. And this is considered, you know, it's... um, him honoring the heroics of the people that were fighting us. Um, and that is supposed to be this gesture that, and I think it does for some, I don't know, what is what does it look when Hirohito raised a leaf at, at, at the Arizona? Um, some people are going to see that as, well, you know, that's an act of, you know, it's like the soldiers uh, from both sides hugging each other at Gettysburg 50 years later. That's a, a sign of reconciliation. Um, the other story is that the wreath was gone before the morning. Somebody was angry and stole it. Um, <laughs> That's so, not a shock. You know, yeah, but, uh, you know, we had just invaded Mexico. We had invaded Mexico in the teens. Um, uh, you know, around when World War One was going on, I think, we sent, I think Pershing actually was in right. Mexico before he was in uh, Europe. He uh, was, yes. So, so they, you know, I don't know if it was the English or the Germans playing on that, um, but I don't, you know, how seriously did Mexico take that? I don't really think that, um, yeah, I don't think Mexico's ever had the illusion that it was going to, you know, march no. north and regain our territory. No, but I've also never heard, the, uh, of all, I teach history, American history. I've never once heard, okay, when this went down and Wilson says, okay, we're invading we're with the Allies and we're going to World One. I've never heard Mexico's response at once what to it. Like, uh, you know, that's bogus. No, I, I can't recall ever being taught that. And I guess that kind of shows how what a prickly issue that Mex- the relations was between the two countries. Yeah. Of course, I mean, it, it always has been a very difficult. It's a lot different than Canada, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I wonder why. Uh, and But, you know, they got those frog Frenchman Catholics up there, and so we can look uh, the other way there, Quebec. I guess. It's only Quebec. Well, Quebec, you, yes. Well, you, yeah, you look at the couple of times we tried to get uh, uh, Quebec to join and become the 14th state during the Revolution, yep. right? Yes, we did. Poor but, Montgomery got shot in the head. I think he's got a county here now, too. Yes, probably. Uh, we would like to thank our guest for the 455th show, Dr. Thomas Connors, Associate Professor of History at the University of Northern Iowa. Iowa, who talked to us about looking for North American invasion in Mexico City. The History Bust for today's show with Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2, 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALA HD2 in the search box and look for ROI. 
Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard on SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.